0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, my name's Andrew. I'm part of the team here at Northside, and it's wonderful to be able to have an opportunity to share with you this morning. Well, it's Christmas time just about, isn't it? Um, someone said it, today is Christmas Adam because it, it comes before Christmas Eve. That's, I think that's a bonbon joke, uh, or about that level anyway. The time of year when um, you know you have dinner. I uh, know <laughs> oh it's really bad joke. <laughs> Emily's still laughing. <laughs> um, it's a it's a time of year when you have dinner and then you pack up the kids into the back of the seat of the car and you head out the driveway to do what? To look at Christmas lights, right? It's Christmas light season, and it's incredible how much money some people spend on Christmas lights. I Googled it to see um, if, you know, the different houses in Sydney, and I didn't realise this, but there's actually a competition when it comes to dressing up your house with lights. Um, And there's rankings and all this sort of thing. And one of the top five houses in Sydney at the moment is 5 Waratah Street, North Bondi. Here we go. If you want to go and um, check out some Christmas lights, (laughs) something like 25,000 lights on this house. and it's incredible how, you know, we live in a, in a country where in reality probably less than 10% of Australians find themselves in church on a Sunday morning. Yet over 90% of us observe Christmas. And we love to dress up um, our houses with, you know, Christmas trees inside. We even do stuff like this to our houses with snowmen. Um, 'm not like okay, northern north hemisphere, maybe, but come on, um, yep we love to um, prepare a nice big Christmas meal. We enjoy buying presents for each other. you know, we love singing carols and and embracing the whole Christmas fever, because it is a real fever, isn't it? Um, but it's just interesting how how Australians still are quite passionate about observing Christmas, yet so many of them don't really understand what's going on. You see, we can observe without understanding. Last year, I was, um, I was over in the States for a course that I've been doing and I uh, uh, as part of this course, I've gotten to know uh, a, a guy over there. He's become quite a good friend. His name's Art Matheny. And uh, he emails me beforehand and says, look, why don't you fly over early because I've got a surprise for you. I said, all right, no worries. So I fly over early and I land and he said, look, I've got you some tickets to the game. I said, what game? And he goes, oh, the Seattle Seahawks are playing the LA Rams. I was like, what, is that basketball? Is that baseball? What is that? <laughs> And uh, he's like, no, no, come on, it's American football. So haven't you been to a game yet? And I'm like, man, I don't think I've actually attended a rugby league game. (laughs) Um, And and to be honest, if I did, there'd probably be some things about the rules that I couldn't quite get as well. Um, So anyway, we find ourselves going to this game at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Anyone been in that stadium? It was built in 1984 for the Summer Olympics. Um, And it's quite an amazing Stadium. I mean, it's old now, so it's, it's you know concrete seats, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty uh, simple. But there would have been maybe eighty thousand fans there, um, and probably five thousand Seahawks, Seattle Seahawk fans. You know, I had the cap, and all around us was all these um, LA Rams fans. And, um, and it, the, it's quite an amazing ceremony. The whole process of starting the game and all the cheer squads and the music and the fanfare. And, and eventually, you know, the game begins and these games go for hours. Like, like it literally went for two and a half or three hours because the clock stops all the time, you know, and before, and if anything happens, it, it stops and then it keeps going. And, and I look, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what a running back was or a quarterback or all the rules. I had no idea. But so I figured I figured a way that I could um, I could I could get through this game and that was I'm just going to do whatever Art does. I'm going to do. Right? So so we'd be sitting there and he he'd, he'd set up and go, you know, Go for it, Smithy. Go or whatever. He wouldn't say Smithy. Because that's an Australian thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> go for it, Smith or whatever the name of the you know the running back was. And I'd would jump up out of my seat and I'd be yelling the same thing. And and then Art would jump out and he'd be saying boo to the to the LA guys. And I'd get up and I'd be yeah and boo, you know. And, and I <laughs> I'd just be doing whatever Art did. I did. Yeah, I followed on. And I'm sure if you were standing in that stadium, you'd think, oh, there's two diehards. You know, saddle Seahawk fans, little would you have known that I didn't know a thing. Um, I was just following whatever art did. You know, it's so easy to um, observe without actually understanding. Um, and I think that's, you know, more than ever, I think when it comes to Christmas in Australia, there are so many of us um, that observe the traditions of Christmas. Um, we embrace the whole season, but yet there's there's a shallowness in our appreciation of what's really going on. And you know, the same thing was occurring back in Jesus' day, when Jesus was born into our world. Um, lots of people just didn't really know what was going on. In fact, this is what Jesus said to the religious leaders of the day. He said to them you'll be ever hearing but never understanding you'll be ever seeing but never perceiving That's really interesting isn't it At the religious leaders of Jesus day those who'd studied and memorized the scriptures some of these rabbis memorized the whole torah the whole first five books of the old testament I mean they knew the prophecies of Isaiah they knew their bibles well yet when jesus was born they that they saw they heard and they saw i mean they saw jesus miracles they heard his preaching yet they were never understanding and they were they had such a lack of perception and i wonder whether these this verse here can speak into our own Sense as a nation that there are so many Australians, sadly, who though they observe Christmas, they don't understand it. Though they though they hear the carols in every shop you go into, all the shopping centres, you're hearing um, carols about Jesus and about him being our saviour of the world and joy to the world, and you know they, they they're seeing and they're hearing. But they're not understanding. They're not perceiving the reality of what's really going on. Now, if I wanted to really understand American football, there's a way to do that, and that is you've got to dig a little, right? You've got to, you've got to read a bit. You've got, to, you've got to find out what the rules are. You've got to do a little bit of study. You've got to get into it a bit. And once you do a bit of study and dig dig down a bit, then maybe... I might actually know why I'm getting up and cheering. Um, otherwise you don't. And you know it's a little like that with, with this Christmas season. And this morning I really want to speak to you if you if you find yourself, you know, being a bystander. If you're seeing if you find yourself being a spectator this Christmas. Yes, you go along with all the fanfare, but really you don't you don't really have a deep understanding of the of the significance of this season. You're you're happy to celebrate it, it's a lot of fun, it's engaging, but really you're finding yourself just, just following the motions of what others are doing. Well, if that's you this Christmas, then I really want to encourage you to, to dig a little. Just, just dig a little, just go a little deeper and explore the depth and the significance of this season. And especially the reason why Jesus was born. See, perceiving is understanding. Seeing is observing, but perceiving is understanding. And I tell you, once you come to really understand the significance of Christ's birth, boy, it makes this season so incredibly profound. Because it goes way beyond just the Christmas lights and the bonbons and the, and the turkey and, and, the, and the trees and the... It's, it's, there's something profound that goes on in here when we know that our Saviour has been born. Let me give you another illustration about this, this, this concept. If you went to New York um, and went to the Museum of Modern Art, you might come across this painting by Van Gogh. I think it's one of the most wonderful paintings. It's called Starry, Starry Night. And you might walk past this painting and say, wow, they're just beautiful colours, all those swirling around. And, um, and it's like, wow, it's pretty special. And then you might just go off and look at the next painting. And when you go to an art gallery, it's, it's hard to take it all in sometimes. So you can observe this painting, but do you understand this painting? If you want to observe it, it's, it's nice. But I tell you, the whole painting takes—it means so much more when you actually dig a little and come to appreciate what's really going on here. See, this was painting was was painted in 1889 by Vincent Van Gogh. A year after he cut off his ear, and he was living in a in an asylum at Saint Remy in France. And uh, some say this was sort of the view near where, where he was staying, um, although it's a little bit, uh, it's been added to but by his own creativity. And this cypress tree in the foreground, the big cypress tree, you see, that's, that, that's a symbol of, of death and the afterlife. Um, and, it's, and it's one of only two things that are, that are vertical in the whole painting. It's a connection from, he- from earth to heaven. And the only other vertical element is the spire, the church spire that goes, that goes from earth pointing up to heaven. And it's, he painted that because it's a, it signifies his own sense of the, his imminent death and the reality and the hope that one day he might also ascend from earth to heaven. In fact, the year after this, in 1890, he, he died at age of 37. And on the right-hand side, you can see a, a row of, of uh, olive trees they're meant to represent olive trees all on the right hand side there and these olive trees are meant, to re- are meant to represent the garden of Gethsemane because while he was painting this, the, 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 this artwork he was going through his own his own garden of Gethsemane experience wrestling with, with, with his own um, challenges and and the swirling some say that he he you know part of his illness part of his mental illness was he this constant vertigo um which the, which these swirls uh depict um it's interesting in the top right hand corner you see the sun and the moon and and they're all it's it's one it's the sun and the moon and and the commentators say that it was his, it was his desire to, to live in the, in, in the new heaven and the new earth. When everything's, when everything's recreated in the new heaven and the new earth, it's, things will be the same, but they'll, they'll all be different as well. And interestingly, every house you can see is lit up. But you know the only building that isn't lit up in this painting? It's the church. And it's because he... He came from a long line of of, um, Dutch Reformed pastors, his father and his grandfather, and he himself wanted to be a pastor. He trained to be a pastor. And twice he applied to become a pastor in the Dutch Reformed church, but they rejected him twice. And so then he decided that he would go out and he would just be Jesus to people that he would meet, especially amongst the poor, and he would find faith. Wherever he went, in the houses, in the villages, but the one place where he couldn't express his faith was in the church. You see, we can, we can observe things and we can just appreciate the painting. We can observe Christmas and appreciate the festivities and the carols and the lights and the bonbons and the Christmas turkey. But when we move from, from seeing to perceiving, when we move from hearing to understanding, Christmas takes on a whole new meaning, a whole new significance, in the same way that an artwork does as well. In Jesus' day, as I said, um, you know, most of the religious leaders didn't understand. They were, all, they were ever seeing but never perceiving. But there was this one man who really understood. He knew his Old Testament. He knew the prophecies. And his name was Simeon that was the reading that we had a bit earlier. Let's refresh our minds again um, with this story of Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Devout. You see, to dig a little, you've got to be, a, you've got to be devout. You've got to be willing to, 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 to study and to, and to look beyond the surface. And Simeon was was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. You see, he knew he was waiting for the Lord's Messiah to come, he knew it was imminent. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes Have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So here in this temple court, this insignificant couple come walking in with their baby. And Simeon not only saw with his eyes but he perceived with his spirit that there's something else going on here. There's something deeper occurring. There's something profound about this child. He is the Messiah. He is the one who was to come. You see, the religious leaders observed but Simeon understood He understood the incredible, profound value of this child being born into our world. What I find interesting is that when Jesus said those words earlier, you know, to the religious leaders of the day, you'll be ever seeing, uh, you'll so you'll be ever hearing and never understanding, and they'll be ever seeing and never perceiving. You know, who would have been in that crowd of religious leaders? The Apostle Paul. Because he was like the Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He was one of the most respected Jewish leaders. And he would have been there in that crowd and he would have heard those words about him. Huh? Ever seeing, ever perceiving? What are you talking about? See, I'd love to invite you this Christmas, if you find yourself observing Christmas, but not fully understanding, I invite you to, to take a shift this Christmas from hearing to understanding, from seeing to perceiving. And this is the exact shift that Paul made. You See, Paul would have been part of that crowd, part of that not understanding and not perceiving crowd. But what happened? He had a revelation. Jesus met him and he had a revelation. And all of a sudden, the scales peeled away And he could see, he gained clarity about why Jesus was born. And what does Simeon say? A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. See, Jesus was born as our light so that we could have clarity and understanding, and perception about the reality of this world, about the reality of eternity, of what is true, of what is good, of what is beautiful. Jesus clarifies everything for us. When I read those words, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, it made me consider you know, John's words in John 1. Can I just revisit them once again at this time of year just to remind ourselves what it means to gain clarity and revelation and perception? Listen to these words penned by John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. This is the light that Simeon was talking about, the light who would bring revelation. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, John writes, the world did not recognise him. You know, They were ever hearing but never understanding. They were ever seeing but never perceiving. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him and to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh as a little baby and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, this is, this is the revelation that I invite you into this Christmas. You know, my prayer is that this Christmas will be more significant than any other Christmas you've ever observed. Why? Because you've moved from from observing to a deeper understanding. That in this child is one who who, who comes to offer us life and truth. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know Jesus came so that we could be his, his brothers and sisters, so that we could be um, the adopted children of the Father. What an incredible gift. And we find Paul himself writing these words to the Galatians. Imagine after being a Pharisee who was, who was persecuting Christians. Once he gained that revelation of who Jesus was, we find him writing these words. When the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Adoption to sonship. See, the Greek word for adoption to sonship is a legal term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. We are adopted. Sons and daughters of the living God. Do you get that? That's enormous. Kingdom adoption for eternity. This is the reality that we now live in. It's mind-blowing. And it's the deepest story of what's really going on at this Christmas season. It's not just lights and festivities and turkeys and bonbons. We are celebrating the most incredible reality that we could ever discover. And my prayer and hope is that, is that the, uh, the scales of our eyes will also be shed. And that we would see afresh the significance of this season. The significance of this season. Let's move from being an observer or a bystander, a spectator, to someone who truly understands and who truly receives the incredible good news, the truth about why Jesus came. We might gain the clarity for the sake of our own soul and for our future too. We're going to have communion this morning and... What a beautiful Sunday to enjoy communion in preparation for Tuesday's celebration of Christmas Day. As we prepare ourselves for communion, I would just like us to keep considering the incredible reality of Christ's birth and the significance of his birth for us. And um, I'd just like to read some of Paul's words once again. He writes this as a prayer for the Ephesians, and I'll read them out as a prayer for all of us. He writes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that you as the glorious Father may give all of us here this morning the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. But, Father, I don't want to just pray for us. Lord, we this morning also want to intercede for those who are around us, in our families, in our workplaces, in our universities, our neighbourhoods. Those who this year are observing Christmas but are not understanding. Lord, our heart goes out to them. And we invite you, Father, to give them a revelation this Christmas. in The same way that you met Paul on the road to Emmaus, that you might give revelation to those around us who as yet don't perceive the significance of this Christmas season. Lord, I pray that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you've called us. And again, we pray for our world. We pray for Australia. We pray for every person, every man, woman, and child who this year are singing the carols. Uh, are opening the presents, are enjoying a wonderful Christmas lunch. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they're struggling this Christmas. Maybe they're just dealing with a broken home. Maybe they've just found out having, they've just lost their job. God, there are so many situations right across our nation. But the one thing we know is that you bring meaning and significance into every life. And so we pray, God, that that you may work in the life of every soul. That you may allow their eyes to be opened and their heart to be enlightened. To receive the truth about this Christmas season. That in Jesus we can find hope. We can find meaning. We can find truth. And we thank you for the incredible gift, Father God, through your son Jesus, that we gain the glorious riches of our inheritance as your people, that right here and now we can become your adopted children, living in the reality of your kingdom. Father God, we thank you for this Christmas season and we thank you for the way that this season changes everything. The fact that your son Jesus was born into our world changes everything. And I pray that this Christmas might be a season when each of us might just dig a little further into the significance of of what that means. For us personally, for those around us, this Christmas, God, may we see in ourselves and those around us a shift from from seeing to perceiving, from hearing to understanding. And as we celebrate with this communion meal right now, may this cup and this bread remind us of the significance of your birth into our world, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.